Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are back once again with the Genegade Master. And welcome back to No Straight Answers, the podcast where I speak to LGBT plus people and get involved with our community, see if there's anything on their mind. Today's guest is the absolutely incredible mega superstar drag queen Rebel, ex-army mental health advocate just incredible human being um this one's really really special to me we do some talk about labels and mental health and self-worth and does yorkie have the worst ever advertising campaign possibly no straight answers is recorded live over on twitch.tv slash master so if you ever want to ask the guest questions or anything like that just feel free to pop along to there when they're being recorded and the video versions are going up on youtube.com slash master this one's really, really special to me. Um, I cannot tell you how much I learned from Rebel. I think she's an amazing human being, and I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. I am Jen, and I am a cis queer woman, and my pronouns are she, her. And with me today is the incredibly glamorous. Like I'm, I'm very sad for future audio listeners that won't see <laughs> this, but it's the incredibly glamorous Rebel. Oh hi! Hi! I'm super happy to be here. Um, I am a drag queen. I am she, her, when I'm in drag, he, him, out of drag, um, cis man when I'm not in drag. Amazing. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do? Yeah, of course. So um, I'm 10 years ex-army. I was in the army for, for a decade. Um, I kind of like fell into it at quite a young age and was kind of like, okay, so this is my life now. This is, this is how I'm going to shape all of my, all of my ideals in life. Um, after 10 long years, I fell out of the army, fell into therapy. Fell out. And, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, in in a way, yeah, I got a knee injury, um, oh. and then on, on off the back of a fall, and then decided that was probably the time that I 
I hung up the boots, as it were. Um, went into therapy, and I'd, I'd learned so much that was going on internally through therapy yeah. and started to undo a lot of conditioning. Um, back then, if you had told me then I was going to be a drag queen <laughs> in, in 2020, 2021, I would be like, uh, excuse me? What, <laughs> what, what do those words mean? Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I've just been on a huge journey in the, over the last like four years since leaving. And now I dedicate my time and my energy to helping other people on their mental journeys. Um, I host streams that are all about mental health, growth, mindfulness. Mm. Um, and that's going to become my, my driving factor in life. Okay. So how did you fall into drag then? How did that happen? So I was in a murder mystery company. Um, okay. And that murder mystery company sent me to a little town in North Wales called Landudno. Wales! Um, Wales! <laughs> Wales! <laughs> so I'm up in Landudno, staying in this hotel. And the, I came back from, from the acting job. And in this hotel that I'm staying in, this drag queen is performing. And I'm standing in the doorway like, what is going on in here? Um, wow. and so the the queen clocked me from the door and like called called the whole group and like come in come in come in lovely you know like, come, come and join the party um so i'm sitting there at the front with a few drinks and this queen takes a bit of a liking to me and she gets <laughs> me on stage with her and i'm 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 like on in one hand i'm like what's going on i am so far out my comfort zone here on the other hand i'm like let's just embrace this let's just embrace yes. whatever happens just go for it throw myself into this and see what happens um, so that was my first real introduction to drag. And then a few, maybe a year later or so, um, a friend of mine introduced me to RuPaul's Drag Race. <sighs> and that was kind of the point that I started to see um, drag artists from the other perspective of like, okay, so these are all, um, all, well, all the queens on Drag Race, at least are men. Mm. Um, and they've all got these like, you know, like intricate backstories of like people who, people who, the, the journey that they've been on. Yeah. Um, I started to recognize the art, um, how much effort goes into um, the face painting and how much they allowed themselves to become a version of them that they wouldn't usually when they weren't in drag. Yeah, and then I started yeah. giving it some thought and I was like, I'm quite, I'm quite, feminine i suppose by by society standards um what if that's something i could do mm -hmm. what what if what if i could start looking into you know like exploring my my femininity but i was like at, at the same time i really want to make like a stance around my drag which is why i still have my beard um i blur the lines around gender um encourage people to question what they've been taught to believe around um what your what your gender says you should or shouldn't wear or what your gender says you should or shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And I'm now all about, my, my drag is now all about encouraging people to be their truest and best selves, whatever that means to them, as long as it's safe to do so in their immediate environment. I love that so much. It's so, it's so, it's the kind of like attitude I'm completely in love with. So what series of Drag Race did you come into then? Uh, so I was introduced at series, I want to say nine. Oh, okay. Nine. All right. So it's quite late on. But then after I watched all of series nine, I then went all the way back to series one mm -hmm. and watched everything uh, from start <laughs> to finish. And do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. There might be um, international audiences out there that are going to disagree with this. Okay. But RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Yeah. Best two seasons of Drag Race. 100%. 100%, mate. 100 <laughs> It's it just, I think for me, Drag Race UK, what's really been showcased is the sort of UK level of drag, 
where I think for the longest time, they, they're getting better at correcting it a little bit. But Drag Race US, its biggest problem has always been there's been a certain type of queen that has normally won and it's normally been like a sort of glamorous supermodel and mm-hmm. not necessarily a comedy queen, but sometimes a comedy queen. And then I think UK Drag Race, there's just been this incredible like diversity of talent, it seems like. Yes, exactly. I, I feel like there, there's, there's pros and cons to Drag Race in the same way mm-hmm. there's pros and cons to everything. Um, I feel like one of the biggest cons is something that I really want to nip in the bud. Go for it. Hit me. The idea that drag is just lip syncs, shadiness, and just, you know, like being, if you'll excuse my French, Mm. being a bitch. Okay. Like there's so much more to it now. Obviously that, that isn't, that is an element of entertainment when it comes to drag. Um, but the, it, it, the drag umbrella as a whole. Uh, so, for instance, okay, this mm-hmm. is, let's let's take it on a slightly different path. Let's go. Um, I've had so many people approach me and ask me about drag and said, like, you know, so, so you're a drag queen, so like, and what what about like men? Oh, sorry, women. Well, how how do they do drag? And mm-hmm. I said, well, anywhere they want to do drag. If um someone who was assigned female at birth wants to be a drag queen, they can absolutely be a drag queen. Mm-hmm. If they want to be a drag king absolutely be a drag king you've got drag creatures you've got drag characters there's there's so much diversity underneath the drag umbrella i think rupaul's drag race has done this incredible thing of bringing drag into the mainstream and yeah. making people aware of it as an art form as a form of entertainment um and it's it i think it's important to also highlight that it's a foot in the door mm-hmm. of of the drag mansion there are many more steps to take yet Come in. We're, we're very welcoming here. <laughs> I can't say I've heard of a drag creature. How does that work? What's that? Um, so drag creatures, drag is essentially, th- there's no real definition of drag. Drag is very individual um, and how, how you perceive drag. So drag creatures, well, what I'd first off recommend is checking out one of my stream teams, mm-hmm. uh, the Stream Queens. Stream Queens. Um, okay, I like that. Stream Queens. Yes. Um, so we are a, we're an all drag troupe of um, drag queens, kings, creatures, and characters. Oh, um, and drag drag creatures will will tend to be, um, well, I, I don't even want to go into what they tend to be because this one's <laughs> going to be a little bit different, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but you know, like, we're, we're talking like you know, like monstrous drag. We're talking. Have you have you heard of um, the Boulay Brothers Dragula? I haven't. No. So I, I feel like this is, is like... this is going to be an amazing experience for me because I I guess really my in um ex- exposure to drag has been drag race and also there's there's a couple of local drag clubs in um cardiff there was an incredible mm. one before obviously covid hit it called minsky's and it was like my favorite place in the world because you used to go there and the queens were just so talented and i think jolene dover has been there tina sparkle was kind of like the main drag queen that they had and I'm I'm realizing talking to you that there's this whole breadth of stuff I haven't even seen yet, you know? And that's exciting. Like it's definitely mm. not a bad thing. Um so Dragula is on Amazon Prime. Um it's run by the Boulay brothers and it's basically the alternative side of drag. Um it's much more, I would say, diverse in the artists that they have on the on the series than than RuPaul's drag race is. Great. Um which again isn't necessarily like a, a a better or worse thing is just a more diverse thing which is mm-hmm. is what it is um and there are as i say more more alternative in regard to that was probably the the best way to introduce into drag creatures i think okay i said checking out that series 
Because I, th- I think it's interesting to touch on Drag Race in the sense that, like, as you say, to a degree, it's brought a certain type of drag to a mainstream that it, you know, it wasn't there before at all. He's definitely done that for it. Um, but I think as it's gone on, because it's become such a stay point of drag culture, it is almost on them now to be better at being a little bit more diverse. And, you know, like they've had a trans man now on the show, which is like the first time they've ever done it because he was always like, no, we ca- I can't have trans men. It has to be cis men doing drag and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. So it's almost like he's, I think he's now realizing he has to be better as well. <laughs> I'm I'm here for the growth. So RuPaul was interviewed. I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm I'm not going to get this word for word. So I'm I'm paraphrasing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but RuPaul basically said my idea of drag is very different to the kids' idea of drag, and clearly it, it, it's my responsibility to adapt and grow in that regard. Um, and that is since since then he's obviously had Got Mick yeah. on on the show, who is a trans man. Um, one like the first trans man to be on Drag Race, which is which is mm. incredible. I'm I'm here for it. Um, I think it's important. It's it's very easy, I think, to get caught up in the idea of someone not being at their most. I I, I don't really like the phrase. I feel like the phrase has kind of been used against <laughs> the movement. But someone who isn't their most woke selves. Okay. <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, always my, yes, and it's important not to just immediately turn to that person and be like, "Well, okay, you don't deserve that. You don't deserve the airtime. You don't deserve this." It's important to give people the uh, the kickoff, I suppose, like the platform yeah. to grow from, so they can start to adapt their views and start to develop their views mm-hmm. as more information is brought to light to them yes if the information is brought to light and they then they then decide to refute that information and decide like okay it's not for me then we can start being like okay well come on now yeah there's gonna be consequences to 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 your choices here because you're you're cutting off an entire demographic of humans and that's just not a very nice thing to do yeah um so yeah i think it's important to celebrate that the growth in that regard mm. um with with RuPaul I, I I do think that there's a there are more areas that you could still grow in yes um, but, <laughs> I agree as I say baby steps He's, baby he steps is trying the of growth. <laughs> I do feel like compared to who the, the kind of things that he said say four years ago to the stuff that he says now he does seem like he's making an attempt to learn a little bit more um, yeah, it's definitely. fascinating what you say about giving people space to grow, um, because one of the previous podcast guests was uh, Kate, and she said that there's this whole point about, um, like, if you immediately jump down somebody's throat for, say, using a wrong pronoun or something like that, you're getting people to shut down rather than learn about something. So it might be better to have a conversation with that person and say, right, well, this is why this is my pronoun, this is why we do this, that and the other, and giving people that opportunity to learn something rather than just making them sort of shutter off and not learn, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, on the flip side of that, I'm going to I'm gonna play devil's advocate on that point. Go for bit. it. <laughs> um, I, can, I can also understand why people do come across as more, more assertive, more potentially aggressive when... Mm-hmm. Um, when they're asked for like the fifty, the fiftieth yes. time that day, are you a boy or a girl? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's in your pants? Do you have a penis or a vagina? Which, by the way, I'm going to make a point here. Yeah. Penis and vagina are not dirty words. They are, mm-hmm. they are scientifically accurate words for for our parts of our body. 
Um, and I think it's important that we 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 bring those words back into conversation again. Mm-hmm. Um, Were people in, not in saying a those words? Uplifting kind of like I I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who think that they they hear those words and they kind of like wince or like <laughs> they think you've just sworn at them. And it's like you know you know that that everyone's got. I, well, most people have either one or the other. Obviously, there are discrepancies, mm. there are intersex people, that sort of thing. Um, but literally, it, it's a part of us that we're, we're all so afraid to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's led us into the area that we're in now, like having these like gendered clothing and oh, like t- saying like, boys don't cry, girls yeah. shouldn't get angry, all this sort of toxic, damaging rubbish. My little princess and my strong boy, oh. all of that nonsense. Oh. it makes me so angry (laughs) so i've got two nephews right and um there was a point where i was going to buy them a a present for christmas and it came in the colors of pink and it came in the colors of like green or something and i hate gendered stuff like it drives me insane that you have to have a specific color for a specific gender and my like i threatened to buy the thing that was pink and my entire family was just like you can't give boys a pink teddy what might happen i was like nothing Because at the time Can they were imagine? like two, I was like, they're probably not even going to notice it's there. I'll be honest with you. It's ridiculous. I I despair at, <laughs> at gender roles and gender norms. The the idea that um and we talk about this quite a lot on my channel. The idea that if you are born with a penis, you have to fit a certain list of criteria. Mm-hmm. Or if you're born with a vagina, you have to fit this other list of criteria. And it's like, can't we just let people be? Yeah. If if we if we have everyone in exactly the same kind of like co- cookie cutter shape, there are, there are roughly 7.9 billion people on the planet, give or take. <laughs> Let's round it up to 8 billion. That means you're going to have roughly 4 billion clones of what society deems as a man and 4 billion clones of what society deems as a woman. And that's really boring sounding. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. So Let's encourage individuality. Dr. Donna has just mentioned something that I was actually going to mention because it was doing my head in, which is about gendered kinder eggs. <laughs> So, because the quote-unquote boy's egg normally has the cooler toy in it that I would prefer to get. I mean, I'm you know, I'm only 38. So I've got to have a decent toy. So, it was Absolutely. like, sometimes, if I'm in there, I'm just like, I'm going to have a boy's egg. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... Also, let, let... Yorkie bars. Do you remember Yorkie oh bars? Oh, my God. Nothing makes thing. me angrier than the Yorkie bloody advertising campaign. Back in, so for those of you too young to remember, (laughs) back in like 2000, and saying that makes me very sad. Anyway, back in like 2000 or so, Yorkie had this, this advertising campaign and they they printed on every single one of their chocolate bars, it's not for girls. Mm -hmm. What? (laughs) So they were basically, who thought that was a good advertising campaign? I don't know. Let's close off literally half of our demographic Mm. here. Let's just shut down half of our advertisement campaign from from four billion people penis owners if you want chocolate <laughs> do you do you want chocolate that's going to make you feel more manly Man, do you chocolates. want chocolate that's going to put hair on your chest <laughs> have a yorkie but get out of here the wild thing about that is where i because i was working in an office that had a vending machine that had them in while that bloody advertising campaign was going on and i remember i used to buy them out of spite which probably was exactly <laughs> what they wanted. So I used to buy my spike and go, you don't tell me. I'm going to eat your bloody chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> 
So no realistically, tells what to do. Yeah, I, I think really, I think who got screwed there? It was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to have a chat then about in terms of this pandemic. So I, I, I presume it's probably affected you quite seriously. Like I imagine you were performing and all sorts of stuff, and did that all just kind of shut down? And how did you cope with that? I actually no. I actually started drag as a result of the pandemic. No way. Yeah. Okay. So pre- prior to the pandemic, um, as I say, I was um, I was in the army, and then I left the army, f- fell into IT for a year, just like <laughs> basically doing like second line IT support, um, in like the center of London, a finance company, and like I genuinely thought going into IT, I would be surrounding myself with a load of geeks. Mm-hmm. Eh, wrong. Really? Like, it was just it was it was the type of men who like um are in suits all the time and want to talk football and women oh. and um anything outside of that was just like they, they looked you up and down like are, are you lost? Oh, and no. so I'm trying to slot into this environment and it just did not work. So I was like, okay, right. I'm, I'm I'd stayed for eleven months. Somehow my sanity held out for eleven months. And I was like, right, it's time for me to move on. Bye. Um, and then I found myself in a magic demonstration job basically demonstrating magic kits and then selling them in, in, in a, major, <laughs> a major toy store in London. Um, and following that, I then landed this job with a headphone brand. And it was basically working in, um, in stores, speaking to customers, upselling these headphones. And then they promoted me from the store role to a regional mar- marketing manager role, which was incredible. I was, I was traveling around the entirety of the South and Wales coming into Cardiff as well, um, basically <laughs> training um, store staff on on this brand of headphones. Um, and it was just such a good job. And it literally lasted six months. Six months I was in this job. And then COVID comes waltzing in, twirling its cane. Yeah. Like, yep, here's COVID. You like that job? Do you like that job? <laughs> no, nah, you can say oh, goodbye no. for that job. So that all fell apart. And literally it was like, okay, what do I do now? What are now? And when COVID first hit, it was this idea of um, we'll 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 have you back in a few months. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to spend these next few months doing something that I've wanted to do for a while, which was drag. So I started looking into um, hair, makeup, outfits, and I took I took to TikTok. TikTok was was oh. the area that I first started practicing drag. Um, I, I TikTok didn't last long, unfortunately. I tried to come back to it. I tried to come back to it recently, but I found the... Just thought you'd get yeah, famous it? off TikTok. Isn't that <laughs> what the kids one, do? I had one video go, do really well. Yeah. I had one video. I think it, I think it got to like 250,000 views or something like that. Wow. Um, and then after that, it was like it was like the bug had bitten me. And I was like, why why, why am I not... Why am I not... Blech, words. Why <laughs> are none of my other videos good enough? Why do you play <gasps> me like this app? You're denying me my audience. Oh, <laughs> um, no. And a friend of mine was like pestering me to go on twitch for the longest time like well over a year he kept saying like you do really well on twitch you do really well on twitch and i was like oh, i don't know if i could do it i don't know if i could do it i don't know if i could talk for ages just just like a chat box mm. is it really me um and then it was the end of june last year that i was like okay the drag thing i'm really enjoying my job doesn't look like it's going to come back anytime soon so let's look at this Twitch thing. Let's yeah. start up a Twitch account, start streaming. So that's what I started doing. End of June um, was the first time I went live in, in drag on Twitch playing Rocket League. And <laughs> of course, that's I... the entry point. That's the entry point. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't everyone start a Twitch <laughs> on Rocket League? <laughs> um, and I had 
the best time. I, I've, and since then, I've started just being surrounded by all of these magnificent people from the LGBTQIA plus community predominantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just become this amazing network of support, encouragement, love, just all of the best things in life have come from this platform or not necessarily the platform but definitely the people on the platform yeah yeah um and i've been i've been so thankful so ultimately to to come back to your your initial question no i wasn't performing much before Mm. before the pandemic because i i I was i was in a a, a, you you were in the drag gateway job that turns out to be it exactly (laughs) exactly yes I see. If you're an IT, if you're listening yeah. to IT, drags coming your way, just my pop friend. a bit of makeup on. See, see what happens. Get a lash. <laughs> Embrace it. Embrace <laughs> it. I encourage it. Um, but honestly, drag has been so good for me. It, it since since creating Rebel, Rebel is essentially all of the conscious parts of me that I strive to be on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, and the more that I am rebel and the more that I um, discover rebel and develop rebel, the more rebel starts to like cross over into, into my boy self. Yeah. And it's just so great. It's been so good for me for, for growth, learning, understanding and developing myself. And I'm so thankful I did it. That's incredible. Cause it's like, from my perspective, I was doing stand up for like about a year and a half before COVID hit. And it was the first time in my life I'd had a similar experience in that I was beginning to feel a little bit more confident in who I was. I was kind of finding out who I was. And through this onstage persona, it was kind of sinking back into who me as a person was. And then the second COVID hit, it all just collapsed. And I lost that community and everyone sort of dissipated and all that kind of stuff. To then find myself on Twitch where somehow you attract all these like-minded people. I don't know how it happens. It's like magic. And then it was just, I became more and more comfortable in the person I was off stream as well as on stream in the same sort of way. Like Twitch gives me what stand-up used to give me in that I can talk to people and build a connection and have that kind of energy change. But without all the late nights walking down Cardiff High Street. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you still get the human interaction. You still haven't got to leave the house. This is perfect. (laughs) I think that's the bit that was missing for me because I tried YouTube and I still do a bit of YouTube and I I like it. But you don't get that same kind of connection with people. And like there are friends I've made over the last 10 months that will be friends for life. You know, there are people that I just adore and would die for. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know these people in the slightest. And, you know, for a while they were just names in a chat. And now they're people I speak to every day and I play video games with and we have Discord video calls with. You know, it's it's incredible how that's all kind of happened. Yeah, I love it. I I think it's been it's been so good for a lot of people to Mm. discover platforms similar to Twitch and Twitch itself. Yeah. um, In lockdown as a way of connecting to other humans in a time that we've suddenly had human interaction whipped out from under our feet yeah. mm-hmm. and for a lot of us like it, it was it was our livelihood like as i say like my my job was going and just like introducing myself to a new person in a store and being like mm-hmm. hi um this is my name this is what i do i'd really love to train your staff also i like your tie uh, you know just building that rapport and building that connection with humans and suddenly i couldn't do it anymore yeah. and that was where i got all my energy from actual humans yeah i miss those Oh, yeah. What are they? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel like I don't know. It kind of like um, 
from a sort of LGBT plus perspective as well. So I'd been struggling. I came out quite late in life as being not straight. Like I still haven't technically nailed the label down. It's probably going to wind up being bisexual. We don't know. But I also think it's fine to not have a label as such, you know? Oh, for sure. But like I really, really struggled with it. I must have struggled with it for about, I think, three years before this whole thing happened. And it's being on Twitch and being open with people and literally talking to people about your struggles and there's something about being on stream that makes you super, super honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they've just, everyone has been so supportive of like me as a person. It's gone, do you know what? It's actually okay. Just be whoever you are. It's not a problem. I love that. I think in terms of if you are an LGBT plus person, to a degree, it brings you back into contact with people that maybe you weren't going to find in the real world because, you know, we, we didn't know how to find each other. 100%. I think the, the LGBTQIA plus tag on Twitch really helps. Yes, 100%. I think that that's, that's searched quite frequently on Twitch. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a lot of people join my community and be like, I found you on the LGBTQIA plus tag. Um, and it's, it's, it's given people a thing to search for to find like-minded humans um, that they could find solace in in a time that, as I say, we, we can't connect with humans, which, yeah. is, which is beautiful. The a bit a bit of a rant off the back of that i'm really disappointed that twitch hasn't implemented the trans tag yet especially with how much um, yeah. traction it's it's had and how many votes it's had and the the reason for it was we don't want to enable bullying on the platform mm. now twitch 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 directors whatever your official term is if you want to come and listen <laughs> to one of my streams don't get me cancelled <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Twitch directors. We love you, Twitch um, directors. But, <laughs> if you wanna, but it's a big but. <laughs> if you want to come and listen to, we like big butts normally, but not here. If you want to come and listen to one of my streams on a Sunday, we, we have mental health chats on Sundays where Andrew's just chatting. I, or my mods, particularly, shout out to my mods, have to do so much work on a Sunday stream to take out people who come into my streams purely to say just bullying stuff, trolling stuff, um, homophobic, transphobic, you name it, mm -hmm. we get it. And it's, it's like the bullying and the belittling and the trolling already exists. Yes. Implementing a trans tag is not going to make that bullying either go up or down. Mm -hmm. It's still just going to exist as it does. But what it does do is it gives trans people or people who think that they um, might be trans a easy place to search for to find yeah. someone to talk that through with. Hundred like, percent. It's so frustrating from from a lot of people's perspectives. To be honest, that mm -hmm. Twitch still haven't implemented that. Because that was actually going to be my next question, because I find with the LGBT plus tag is that there have been so many people that A, come in to say, you know, I'm in that community. Hi. There are plenty of people that sort of come in and sort of try and gauge the waters as to whether it's a safe place for them to be. And you can tell by the kinds of questions they're asking whether or not it's going to be a safe place for them to be. And I'm immediately on it to be like, look. You're very welcome here. I'm in that community. It's not a problem. And then you've got the sort of third subsection of subhuman scum that come in and basically target that tag and they come in with their bullshit. Um, like, I was going to ask you that kind of, like, do you get a lot of that targeting shit from people? Oh, loads. Loads. So my gaming streams tend to be quieter for okay. whatever reason. Um, it's It's 
almost always when I'm doing a just chatting stream that I'm I'm targeted. Isn't that Thankfully, weird? It is weird, right? I, yeah. I, I, I think that they must just peruse just chatting streams. Mm. Um, and I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you why. Um, regardless, thankfully for me, it's very much water off a duck off a duck's yeah. back. Yeah. Like I was raised Catholic. <laughs> I have been in the army. I like. I've worked in IT. <laughs> right? There, there have been so many parts of my life in which I have been um, bullied, belittled, targeted, torn down. Mm-hmm. And I've done so much work in the last four years uh, to, uh, uh, around my self-worth and around my self-esteem yeah. um, to build up essentially an armor. And if someone comes in and tries to, tries to abuse me, I'll generally make a show out of them. Um, and make them an education piece I love for that. the street. <laughs> um, and I, I, I've never once had a troll come into my stream and left a lasting impression on me, thankfully. But yeah. the issue is that there there will be people who aren't that resilient through no fault of their own. And that's that's not me saying like, um, if, if you're not resilient, you shouldn't be on Twitch. Absolutely not. What I am, the, the point that I want to make there is People don't think, and it, it kind of comes off the back of the, the clip that you played of me just before I came on the stream here. Mm. People don't think about their words and their actions with other people in mind. People, have, people are so self-centered in thinking like, okay, well, this, this is my experience of life. This is what I've learned. And if you don't meet these criteria, my, my criteria, obviously I, I'm, in, I'm in the right place to, to abuse you. And it's like, are, are you for real? Yeah. What, what makes you more important than anyone else? And what, what makes your experiences more valid than someone else's experiences? Hmm. I look at right. it a little bit like hecklers at a comedy show, because obviously that was my experience of it. And whenever you're doing stand-up, you've normally got a very specific amount of time to do. So if you're there to do 10 minutes, you get 10 minutes and you get off. You don't go over because that's rude to all the other comics. So when you've got some knobhead basically trying to heckle you, it's like, all right, I'm going to spend five of my 10 minutes bringing you down because it'll be funny, but... Also, you're completely ruining my time because there are jokes I wanted to test out tonight and I can't now because now I'm dealing with you. It's just rude. Yeah. <laughs> and why why is his time more important than your time? Yeah. Like, that's not I'm odd. booked here, mate. You've just yeah. paid to come in. <laughs> it's outrageous. <laughs> but I guess that's kind of what they're doing there. They're coming into streams and they're kind of heckling of a sort and trying to get like, they're trying to get um, a reaction from you. So, like, I think yeah. the, the most satisfying one ever for me, I think, was somebody came in, it got auto-modded, so nobody saw it apart from me and the mods, and the mods immediately both banned and deleted it. So it was like, oh, there we are. No one oh, will indeed. see it, mate. Nobody. <laughs> it's got to be said, the, the auto-mods are pretty great. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of the auto-mod. It does catch a lot of potentially... It's a bit um, overzealous sometimes, but it does catch a lot of the bad shit as well. <laughs> Sometimes you're having this like really productive conversation and then someone will try and like say in the chat, like, I, I just want to say it's like, for the, I, this is the first time I'm saying it ever that I, I think I might be gay. And an automod's yeah. like, hold on, hold on, won't you stay there. Are you sure? <laughs> the mods are like, let it through. 
I haven't got it anymore. Oh, have I? I might still have it. I don't know. I used to have some merch that said not straight on it because I obviously didn't have a label. And I was like, well, you know, that's that's a label, not being straight. I used to have some merch that said not straight on it. And Redbubble held it for like three days while they investigated it to make sure that it wasn't offensive. <laughs> uh, oh, no. I think they were scared <laughs> I was being a bit like super straight or whatever it was. I think that highlights a big issue that we have, though. A big issue that we have in society in that um, most auto mods as a default are set to catch words like gay yeah. because they're used so often as an insult mm -hmm. instead of what they're actually there for to be like hey i'm hey. a man who likes men or i'm a woman who likes hey. women or whatever you know what i mean Ugh. also <laughs> i was thinking i was thinking <laughs> off the back of the point you were making a, a, a short while ago about like you know how you you're, you're still working out like what your label is if hmm. you need a label that sort of thing i I'm in a very similar boat and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I don't think there's, okay. there's ever, there's ever a point in which you need to be 100% confident in <laughs> who you are, how you identify. And also it's, it's forever fluid. Yeah. Like sexuality, gender, everything. It's always fluid. So you, you might one day be like, okay, th this is, this is the label that, that fits me best right now. And then in five years' time, off the back of a load of growth, <laughs> self-realization, everything else, you, it might it might be that your your label and, and just completely changed. That your sexuality might not have changed because, well, it might have. But <laughs> the point I want to make is, labels and how we identify are forever changing, just in the same way that we as humans are forever changing. Mm -hmm. I, l I love that as a sort of look, I think, because I think if you are struggling with your label early on, I think what I found the hardest part is obviously where labels are handy is to search for things. So if you're searching online for stuff, if you know what the label is, then you can read about other people that are like you. Um, but I couldn't find any of that because I was like, I don't know what I am. I don't know what I'm into. What's what's happening? I've always been quote unquote straight, but clearly yeah. that's not fucking true. I just had... I had outside forces that were like, that's not for you. You can have friends that are gay, but that's not for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was very much my atmosphere. And I think it affected me quite badly for a long time. But as I've sort of gotten older, and again, I've been through counselling for other stuff and all that kind of thing, I've come out at the end of it and gone, because my counsellor was the same. She's like, do you need a label? And I was like, well, probably not, really. Just who you're attracted to is who you're attracted to, I guess. And... That's okay. And right. it, to be honest, it's lovely to speak to somebody else who isn't entirely confident in what the label is because, again, you don't necessarily see people online all also saying, well, I don't know what I am really, but that's fine. Yeah. I, I think it's it's our generation that are, are the unfortunate ones that have been caught here. Because, like, the generation <laughs> below us. So Gen Z, huge shout out to Gen Z. Oh, God, yeah. I, I will, I will. I will fight for Gen Z. Gen Z, you're incredible. They're like, going to save they, us all. That's what's going to uh, happen there. They're incredible. Stepped in, just being like, right, hold on a second. This whole system, this whole structure, this whole way that you're all living your lives, what are you doing? What, <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> what is this mess? And we, we millennials have turned around and been like, <laughs> crap, they're right. <laughs> Sorry, they're right. were we allowed to do this all along? Because we weren't <laughs> sure about that. We could be individuals? What? I, this was not in the pamphlet. We could just exist <laughs> and not worry about shit. Who knew? What? <laughs> and <laughs> We're so fucked up from our like forefathers and stuff. I swear to tell God. Tell me about it. 
it, it, it's such a problem. It's just been like handed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that we live life. This this heteronormative way of living life. This, uh-huh. this, this is this is the this is the default, which it's not, by the way. Mm-hmm. Heteronormative is valid, but it's not the default. There's yeah. so many other options. Um, and just just like you, I I'm still pretty lost. I was in the army, assumed I was straight because mm-hmm. that was I, w- I was 18 when I fell into the army. And even before that, I was very like kind of like lost and confused in life. And I kind of like joined the army, which is which is a very heteronormative environment, very masculine, very like, you know, teaching people to be manly and strong yeah. and tough and not show emotions outside of anger. <laughs> anger is the only valid emotion. Anger is Embrace the only emotion. The anger. You see that table? Flip the table. <laughs> Fear man. So, yes. Um, so <laughs> like those 10 years, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a straight guy. This, this makes sense. I'm, I'm a normal human being. Mm-hmm. Look at me contributing to this normal society. Yeah, I'm so proud of myself. Um, and then I, I, like leaving and going to therapy and realizing, oh, I'm not straight. Yeah. <laughs> that, that topless man over there looks very good topless over there. <laughs> I tell you the thing that makes me cry every time, right? And it's the dumbest thing. Frozen 2, right? (laughs) She sings this song where she's being kept awake at night by this voice that keeps talking to her and keeps calling to her and won't leave her alone. Every time I watch that song, I sob my heart out because to me, right, I know they're not admitting that she's gay, but she's clearly gay because that whole song spoke to me on such a level about just being pestered by this thing that felt not quite right and just wouldn't leave you alone. And you were just like, no, yeah. no, it's fine. It's fine. Ignore it. Ignore it. Ignore it. And it just just keeps pecking at you until you like go, oh, actually, hang on. Maybe I need to have a little think about this. And then you burst through the door going, ah! Yeah. ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a dumb thing, but it's it spoke to me for some <laughs> strange I like reason. It. I like it. It's, it's it's a good analogy. I'm here for it. Um. Okay. So you talk a lot about um mental health stuff and kind of mindfulness and that kind of thing. So how do you go about that in terms of are you like teaching your audience? Is that the kind of route you go down? I try to pull as much as I can from my own experiences. So mm-hmm. like what I've learned from my from my times in therapy, what I've learned from my times in counseling, the books that I've read, um, I, I basically it became uh, almost an obsession. I, I, that might be that might be a bit strong, but <laughs> when I when I discovered mindfulness and when I discovered mental health, it, it suddenly like pieces started to fall into place. I started realizing that I for the vast majority of my life i've not been living presently Mm. um i've been either like existing in a space of being like okay i'll be happy when this happens and being all future focused and then my anxiety will step in and my anxiety is like hey do you remember that time like five years ago when you embarrassed yourself in front of everyone let's really let's relive that over and over again in your head and i was i was either living in the past or the present without realizing that i'd said like six times, I'll be happy when this happens. And those things had happened. Yeah. I I, I, put plans into place to make those things happen. And then as soon as those things had happened, I would immediately be like, all right, what's the next happy mm-hmm. thing? Because I'm not happy right now. Um, and, it, and instead of instead of thinking to myself like, okay, let's praise myself for, for putting those things into play. Let's, let's, give myself a pat on the back for overcoming these challenges to allow myself to get to this place 
that I told myself I'd be happy. Let's let myself be happy here instead yeah. of immediately being like, all right, what's the next thing to change? Um, so you're just always changing not... the goalposts. Exactly. Exactly. Every, every time you reach the goal, it's like the goal then, you know, when you're like, you're in one of those dreams that you're running down the <laughs> corridor and the corridor just keeps extending. Yeah. And you're like, no, come back. Come back. I'm running so hard here. <laughs> It, it, it's exactly like that. that that was how I was living my life and uh, there's still a lot of work to do I I do not yes. sit here as like this master guru of mindfulness I'm still very much on a journey just as much as everyone else is there's no ceiling when it comes to mental health and mindfulness I think that that can be that can sound quite daunting I mm. think when, when you hear it for the first time when I first went into therapy I was conv- not convinced but ho- optimistic <laughs> after the first therapy session i would be cured oh the no depression, <laughs> depression what's depression anxiety never heard of her you know what i mean like i don't all know mental that. health stuff yeah it, it was just like it would just it would just like what's the word not evolve out of me evaporate yeah. out of me that's yeah. the one um and then after the first session it was almost like this this crushing back down to earth feeling of realizing like Oh, okay, this this is all still here. This is all still yeah. here. All I've done is is I've cried in front of someone today that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Like, how do I move forward from here? And it wasn't until maybe like my fourth or fifth therapy session that because I'll I'll level with you. I first went to therapy because I was convinced that would be the correct choice to get an ex partner back. Oh, I was like, all right. Really? i know i know no learning Learning. (laughs) i was like how do i get this this person back in my life i know i'll go to therapy i'll I'll fix me and then they'll (laughs) want me back that's how that works yeah past three had some questionable mantras (sighs) (laughs) so and about my fourth session i i i had this this moment of like dawning of being like okay there's there's a lot going on in here Mm. there's a lot of I'm not in tune with my feelings. I'm not in tune with my subconscious. Yep. And I'm letting those two beings dictate how I'm leading my life. Mm. Um, and it, it, it would switch. Sometimes it would be my feelings. So if, if I had like a, a feeling oriented response, um, that feeling would immediately come to the forefront and would be the thing that led my actions yeah. on whatever it is that's, that's playing out in front of me. And generally speaking, I'm quite a... Uh, my feelings are very strong. Like I, I feel things. I, obviously, it's it's hard to judge because you can never tell how other people are feeling. Things. Yeah. But from from speaking to people and from reading things, I get the impression I feel things above the average level of feeling. Okay. Um, I couldn't say exactly where. So if say for instance I was I was presented with a minor inconvenience, <laughs> like a ticket being put on my car, because you know consequences from actions i've not read a sign um, about where i've parked my car and a warden's come over and been like got your friend and written me a ticket (laughs) and i would just like fly off the handle like shouting screaming kicking a lamppost like my feelings were completely in control of my actions um and then that it was after speaking about that in like my fourth session of therapy that i was like and my therapist was like yeah, do you know you can actually manage these things? I was like, what? <laughs> what? My my conscious brain can make decisions to make things more. I don't know to make me more of a level-headed person. Yeah, for real. 
Um, and it was it was since then that I started I started pouring all of my energy. Uh, mm, actually, I don't know how I worded that. I poured <laughs> the amount of energy that I chose to pour into it because it wasn't all my energy. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't get like completely hung up on it. Um, into understanding my brain and into understanding how the subconscious works and how there are parts of the subconscious that will still hold teachings from when you were a child mm. that no longer serve you any purpose today like the way that your parents saw you when you were a kid or the way that your parents may have may have treated you when you were a child mm-hmm. no longer is 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 beneficial to you yeah because uh, for me like i i, I still got on my pet both my parents um fabulously thankfully um i don't hold either of them to account for their actions when they were younger because just in the same way as, as i had to they had to go through a level of growth as well they had me when they were, I think, 24 and 20, respectively. I mm-hmm. think maybe 28 and 24. Either way. Um, and at that point in my life, I was definitely not as mindful and aware of others as I am now. So who am I to hold my parents to account for not being mindful and aware, especially when they come from a generation which didn't have that kind of yeah. availability to them? Yeah. So... um there's still many conversations i have to have with my parents and i I think both of them are aware of it that it it is going to come one day because they both come to my streams which is which is fabulous (laughs) that's wonderful they're like they're huge fans of rebel and i'm so happy um but there there are conversations i'm gonna have to have them both not from a negative place but from Mm. a place that allows all of us to put things that happened in the past to rest um and i'm kind of excited about it to be honest with you as and when we're ready for that to happen i, I think it's gonna be important that we have those conversations in person um it's so such we have to wait a familiar until... story to me because i think mm. i've had almost ex- an identical experience to you but i went the other way so <clears throat> whereas all of your expression was outward and you're getting angry and hitting things all of my expression went inwards because i was so obsessed with other people's opinions of me it was almost like my feelings and my opinions and stuff didn't matter at all so if something happened, immediately that was my fault. I've done something bad. I need to make it up. Um, so again, I went through therapy and then hit basically so like session five and did a similar thing when I was like, oh, oh, actually, maybe you should sometimes A, pay attention to your own feelings and emotions. B, not give a shit about what other people think of you because you're living your life. You're not living their life. And then exactly the same thing with your parents is the fact that, you know, when I was growing up, they weren't, I wouldn't say they were outwardly homophobic. So like me and my sister had had gay friends and they would never be outwardly nasty to them, but there were always comments. So there'd be things like two men would wake up in bed on Coronation Street and they hadn't been doing anything. They just woke up together as a couple and had a chat. And you'd have my dad say, have we got to watch this before the watershed? You know, things like that. Just tiny little, like, you know, that death by a thousand cuts thing, basically, which is tiny little, little things that got to you. And then since I've come out to them, they've started asking questions. They've started to learn stuff that now and again, they'll come over and they'll say, what's a cis person? What does, what does ace mean? And I'm just like, I love the fact that they've obviously taken an interest in it because they know that their daughter isn't a straight person. And they've never had to worry about it before, but now it's become a thing and they, you know, they can't be, do these. Nuka has used the word microaggressions, which I think is right. They, they know they can't get away yeah. with that anymore. So they've gone away and they've read some words. And because I'm the only queer person they know, they're like, right, you can answer all of my questions. 
But the fact that they're asking questions to me, it's that growth thing again. The fact that they're trying means absolutely everything to me because they're trying to understand. That's that's all we can... Oh, voice. Hello. Come back to me. (laughs) Hi. That's all we can ask of people. Like, just be willing to grow. Be willing to to further what you think you know Mm -hmm. as science, technology, biology, humanity evolves. Words evolve. Yeah, you know it's this whole thing about people getting angry about trans people in bathrooms. You feel like saying it's happened for decades. You just didn't have the word for it, so you didn't mm-hmm. know. And now all of a sudden we have a particular word. Suddenly you're acting like they've all just been invented. It's like you've got trans oh, people goodness. in their like seventies. Get over yourselves. Goodness, <laughs> fuck. It's wild, isn't it? Oh, I know. I know. I, do you know what? I was I was going to make a point. Mm. on the side of mental health and mindfulness and it's completely slipped my mind. <laughs> knowing me it's gonna come back in in a different topic later on it's gonna so, be so poignant let's, let's, feel we're, it. We're, we're, um, you see this pin here this, yeah. this, this pin in my finger yeah. we're gonna put that right there put a pin on Rhi it he has a point re okay. has a really good point to make right but she's forgotten it <laughs> but you know what that's okay oh yeah absolutely you know what that's absolutely. just a human being thing I call it streamer brain. (laughs) Yes, it's a thing. It's a real thing. We're we're so quick to hold ourselves to a certain standard, a standard of like not making mistakes, not getting Mm -hmm. it wrong, getting everything right, and expecting perfection from ourselves at all times. I am so bad for that, Mm. Um, and it's it's just not a realistic expectation to have about ourselves. We can't be 100% all the time. We can't be our best selves all the time because there are so many factors. Humans are such a complicated species. I mean, oh, yeah. every species is complicated, but humans, especially with this, with this cognitive ability mm. um, of like self-deprecation um, without consciously self-deprecating yourself. Yeah. Your subconscious just steps in and it just like starts throwing all these words at you, <laughs> like negative, negative, negative words and phrases about you. And if, if you don't, meet those and don't listen to those and don't acknowledge those with a bit of kindness but Mm. also giving a counterpoint to that subconscious thought they they can completely overcome you and you you can then like just be in in the fetal position on your bedroom floor as i was (laughs) numerous times on my journey of growth i i feel a bit like um like, do you feel that Twitch has helped with that? Because it's so live and things go wrong all of the time. I've suddenly become more forgiving of stuff going wrong. It's like people will understand. Because at the beginning, I was exactly like that. It's, like, it's all got to be perfect. And like I've said to you before that I was streaming off a 2012 iMac. It was an absolute garbage fire for the first three months. But ultimately, people still came back and they were still friendly. And it was just because you're there to have a chat to. Do you think being live all the time has helped you accept that things don't always go to plan? I think it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. I think Twitch as a whole is a double-edged sword. So being live all the time and getting used to things not going to plan, yes. I mean, the first time that things go wrong. Yeah. Like that, that like, whether it's your first stream or your fifth stream, <laughs> it's coming. Anxiety's it's back. It's coming. <laughs> I was terrified I it was think... going to go wrong today. I was just like, oh my God, what do I do if it's all wrong? <laughs> I think it's it's always got potential to go wrong no matter how experienced you are no matter how many times you've gone live there's always an area that can (laughs) fall over like you know you you click that there was there was a time i think it was maybe about two months ago now ish i clicked go live and i just got this this error message pop up saying like failed error numbers and i was like 
um, uh, this is my goal lifetime. Obviously, that panic starts to inset. Yeah. Um, and you start your 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 subconscious starts throwing all those things at you. You know, what I mean, people are waiting for you. You're a failure. You're this. You're that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that when these things do happen, to take that moment of breath. Yeah. That you're, it does. The thing has happened. The mm-hmm. thing has gone wrong. If you get flustered, angry, let those emotions take control. It's not going to change the fact it's gone wrong. If anything, it's probably going to cloud your ability (laughs) to think things through logically. So because it's already happened, because this thing has already, you know, like thrown it's thrown everything out the pram, take that moment to just breathe for a second. Try not to get hung up on the fact it's gone wrong. Just look at it and breathe. And then start to put into place, right, how am I going to fix this? What what can I do <laughs> to mitigate any anything further going wrong or to correct this issue entirely? Um, for me, when, when I got that error message pop up, it turns out my graphics card was out of date. So I had to go into the GeForce experience, update my graphics card, okay. and Streamlabs dropped back in immediately. The stream then started like five or ten minutes late. And obviously, when I went onto the stream, I was still feeling a bit flustered. I was still feeling a bit like, oh my goodness, I'm, mm. I'm late. This is awful. And I think it entirely boils down to the relationship that you have with your community. Yeah. I am so fortunate to have a fabulous connect collection of humans who come, who come and watch <laughs> me. A good few of them are in the chat here um, mm-hmm. this evening. And they're just so supportive and so understanding because I make a point to encourage that about us and make a point to encourage that you know, we're only human as, yeah. as we talked about earlier on in this in this in this stream slash podcast that we are only human things do go wrong and allowing ourselves and forgiving ourselves for when it does and forgiving forgiving our subconsciouses as well forgiving our subconsciouses for throwing up all those panics mm. um and greeting greeting those negative thoughts with a little bit of kindness um, really does make a, a big difference in the, in the grand scheme. I think there's a another good example of that, which was date night that you've done on We Claire's channel. Um, Ashley Story was the guest on it last week, and like all of her tech broke, and like she was basically in tears. You could tell that she was really upset about it, and the fact that nothing was working. So in the end, she just um, she rang in on a phone and did it that way. And she was, you could tell that the anxiety had really got to her. And I think she was really worried about letting people down. And obviously her inner voice was saying all sorts of things to her. Not a single person in that chat was angry at the the tech going wrong. Every single person was saying, look, we're happy to see you. We can see you. You're on, a, you're on the screen. It's not a problem. And there was so much love that was just pouring out for Ashley. I just, yeah. I hope that she saw a lot of it to go, do you know what? Nobody cared. The fact that you were here is the thing that was important and you were there. I think it's important to know as well. If someone is getting angry because your tech has gone wrong and it's holding up the show, it's more of a reflection <laughs> of them than it is you. Yeah. Like, it's it, it, stuff does go wrong. And if someone is allowing that to affect them so much that they then want to take it out on you, that is a reflection of their lack of self-awareness yeah, yeah. and a lack of compassion. Mm. For, for other human beings oh for sure Def- definitely i think there's an empathy thing there that i think you've mm. really hit the nail on the head about just the fact that understanding how other people feel can sometimes go a long way <laughs> yeah definitely definitely you, you can never 100 percent understand you can mm-hmm. never um like you can never completely understand someone else's journey but there's a difference between understanding and being aware of it yeah um and 
I think that there's a lot of people who think that it's it's too much work, it's too much effort, and it's not their responsibility to put in work based on other people's experiences. And I totally disagree. I think being part of a society of mm-hmm. humans when which we're all like working together towards a common goal like we don't we're not in the jungle anymore we've evolved past the need (laughs) of of survival of the fittest and everything like that it's 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 important to make decisions and to train your brain to out well train your brain out of a the um conditioning as a result of of being evolving out of a jungle Mm. and b all of the subconscious thoughts that are instilled in us growing up through school and you know like um just living living life as a child living life as a child's hard i'm aware it's something we've all done like Mm -hmm. no one gets to skip that stage of life but oh my goodness does it suck children are terrible to one another yeah terrible (laughs) and it's 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 important that we analyze those parts of our brains as adults and start to put those areas to bed because mm. those those subconscious thoughts are no longer going to serve us purpose in, in an adult world. I just wish the kids that had called me a lesbian in school had been a little more forceful about it so that I could have maybe gone, oh, maybe that's an option. Maybe you know what? <laughs> that's You're an right. avenue. <laughs> kids are assholes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I, I, I go out and... And absolutely no shame to anyone who does have kids. That is your choice as your prerogative. You're allowed to have I, them. <laughs> I will cheer you on from a safe distance. <laughs> I will give them back I, to you. <laughs> I go out and I, I, there's a school just down the road from me. And when I'm going out, and countless times when I'm out walking near children, I have this thought process of this has reinforced my child-free existence so hard. <laughs> no thank you why do you see them being awful to each other yeah all all the time all the time and i think it i think it throws if if you have been that kid who was bullied at school Mm. um because obviously like as as much as i have been in the army stuff i was still a feminine a feminine kid you know um like i i I wore a mini skirt at 17 i was a proper emo kid nice Um, you know like the 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 fringe and the the eyeliner um and i had like a, a a set of like black skinny jeans and a red tartan miniskirt. And I would wear that miniskirt like to town and stuff because I, I really liked it. I, I love that. Um, and I'm going to use air quotes here. So if you're listening, you're not going to see air quotes around this next phrase. Women's clothing <laughs> is so much more flattering than men. I don't know why we gender items of clothing. Like it's literally fabric. You see this top? The only reason this top is women's top is because and, um, if, if you, let me let me describe this for you. Yeah, if, if you're listening. listening. Podcast. This is this is a cute little a cute little black crop top, and it's it's got a bit of a a a, a diving, I suppose. Yeah. Um, how, what I don't know what you call that neckline, but it's like a kind ne- of scoop, yeah. like a scoop neckline. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's a lower neckline than what your typical men's would wear, and it's cropped. So I've got I've got I've got a midriff <gasps> on show. We 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 like a bit of midriff. That's epic. Men's men's clothes again, air quotes. Men's clothes do not allow men to show off their midriffs. I do a lot of work to these abs. <laughs> I want to show these off, but. My my gendered clothing will not allow me to. No, I I want I want clothes that are that are shapely that allow me to <laughs> feel confident and feel 
sexy. There's nothing wrong with men feeling sexy, Mm-mm. FYI. No there's way. nothing wrong with men feeling cute, sexy, beautiful. Yeah. Just in the same way as there's nothing wrong with women feeling um, you know, like assertive or um I, I, I don't know grubby is that a way to put it like that like <laughs> kind of like me- mechanic kind of trope okay I guess. yeah i see like it. let's not gender these things let's just let individuals decide this is my aesthetic this is the aesthetic that i want to embody and this is the aesthetic that i feel most most like me in um, um and i was definitely I've, a, point I've got a confession for you of talking about gender clothing um i most days wear um men's boxer briefs because they're more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the only thing Men's. that's gendering, yeah, the only thing that's gendering that is the packaging and society telling you, like, these are men's boxers. In reality, mm. they're a set of boxers that you find comfortable to wear. Yeah. Like, there's, there's nothing, like, o- other than maybe having a little bit of extra space at the front, which you're not mm. going to take up. Like, other than that, yeah, it's just a piece of fabric <laughs> that you wear around your around your sexual organs and your butt. Do you know what I mean? It gives you... Have you seen the TikTok of the guy who tries on a dress, clearly for some sort of meme, and then he, like, he completely loves himself. Like, he's like, oh, my God, I'm not not being funny, but have you seen how cute I am? And he's like, oh, my God, she's cute, she's a bitch, she's all of this. It's the most glorious TikTok I think I've ever seen in my life. I encourage anyone out there to try drag. Yeah. Drag or whatever your idea of drag is, um, especially, especially men who haven't explored an area of femininity around mm. you, around yourself, start to look into that area. There's nothing wrong with that area. Like it's it's not going to suddenly detract from your masculinity. Yeah. Your penis isn't going to start suddenly shrinking. Mm-hmm. Like I, I assure you, from firsthand experience, it's fine. Um, it's it's just it gives you an insight into yourself that you're not going to get otherwise and it's it's enlightening completely it, agree. It, it takes a huge a huge or this is more personal experience now mm. it took a huge weight off my shoulders it, it took a huge yeah. like i was i was wearing a mask for the for the majority of my life without realizing it mm-hmm. um that i was this this manly army soldier person um and in reality i'm not i'm actually like a, a <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe me anymore but i love it i love whatever it is i've become <laughs> oh that's beautiful now i've i've tried drag as a as a drag king i've got to be honest i think yes. i quite like the faux queens i think they're beautiful um but in terms of drag king i look cute as fuck with a beard man yes embrace it i loved embrace it, it I, I did I my beards and i put a bit of like um white in to give it the bit of the age and i went you know what I look cute. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, also, like, men out there, again, who are thinking to themselves, like, oh, makeup's, makeup's, for, makeup's for women, that mm. sort of thing. Mm. Again, you, you can't see my beard if you're listening on a podcast, but you're just going to have to take my word for it. I use makeup in my beard because it makes it more refined. It yes. gives it more of an edge. It makes it pop more. And literally, it's just a black pencil. Yeah, it's a black pencil that I I pick up whenever I get into drag, and I I, I go around the edges of my beard and I color it all <laughs> in, and I I give it a brush through, and it, it it just makes everything more amplified. Yeah, and I love it. And if I like, you can draw a whole new face on. That's what I learned. I had cheekbones that were yeah. high as heaven <laughs> when I was dressing yeah. up in drag. Absolutely. <laughs> like again, 
podcast people won't be able to see this, but my, my cheekbones here, mm. these these are these are amplified by makeup. <laughs> and they're stunning. And they are stunning. <laughs> Everybody needs to try makeup, right? Yeah, absolutely. At some point. Absolutely. Um, do you think uh, in terms of allies, what can they do to be better and be a spokesman for the community? Or, you know, do we need allies to step up? Is the question, I guess, as well. I think allies are very useful in regard to like you're already in a space that people who might be walking on the wrong side of the self-awareness and other people awareness line will listen to you. So there's there's a little bit of um what's the word? There's there's a part of me that worries like am am I right doing drag? Because as I said, there's there's still I'm still working on my sexuality. I'm like I don't know. 90% sure that I fall into, into like the bisexual kind of area. Mm. Um, but I, I, I can't say 100% for sure yet. So there's a part of me that's like, am I, am I taking drag and using it as a cis man? Is, is this the right thing to be oh, doing? God, I feel that. <laughs> I felt that in my yeah. bones. There. <laughs> you know, that, that huge imposter syndrome where mm. it's like, I've, I've grown up presenting straight. I've yeah. grown up... Um, fitting the mold because i i i don't know if it's because i trained myself to fit the mold mm-hmm. or if i was forced to fit the mold I, I i couldn't tell you regardless um coming back to allies i think that allies are hugely important because they do have they do bridge that gap from people who have outwardly been in in the lgbtqia plus community growing up yeah um and may not have had the ear of of their peers or may not have had the ear of 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 society allies who can see that lgbtqia plus person as a human being mm-hmm. who des- deserves just as much time effort energy and rights as everyone else who fits society's mold who can then turn to that group and say like hey you see this, see this person over mm-hmm. here who is a person, who is a human, who may have different um, beliefs, who may have different values. Um, that doesn't mean that they should be treated any differently. There's a whole area that we could delve into in regard to how crap it is that allies are required to have that conversation. Yeah, because yeah. Society is, as a whole is, is so mm. closed off. To, to the community you need you need to go between <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's kind of what i use my platform for now because I, so i actually had a conversation with someone um recently who i was in the army with okay um and he messaged me and i, I, I share so many things on my private facebook about um around gender and you know like trans rights and basic human rights mm-hmm. like just treating all humans as humans as you would like to be treated. It's, it's, that's, it's, that's it's a, a very wild, wild opinion. Um, oh, can you imagine? I'm, you are I'm a, a maverick. The radical left. <laughs> the radical left. The radical left <laughs> thinking humans deserve rights. What? <laughs> How dare I? Um, and he messaged me and he was like, so I, I see you're sharing a lot of this stuff, but I don't get it. Okay. I, I've, I've got a two-year-old and I want to give this two-year-old the best possible start in life. Have you got time to have a chat? And we wrote paragraphs to each other. <sighs> Um, about like um, understanding gender, about giving 
everyone the opportunity to explore themselves without trying to force them into any boxes without like telling you know young boys that they they shouldn't cry because they're boys Mm. all sort of thing Mm. and it was just such a great conversation with someone who's a little bit older than i am who has been in the army again since he was very young i think he joined at 16 so he's he's been through that whole conditioning process his whole life that he's seen me as a as a way of having this conversation mm-hmm. was hugely enlightening it is i'd say it's a shame that it took yeah. me to yeah. have that conversation um you know someone who has been in that straight presenting role mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. to make someone aware that okay may- maybe maybe this is something that i should pay attention to but i think it's important that allies direct people towards lgbtqia creators okay they, they can bridge that gap of being like all right this they, they can they can make their points hard they, they can step forward and be like right this is my take on this this is this is why i feel that this is why i am an ally and you know give their experiences mm. and then use that to also be like also if you want to learn more here's this great trans person who who streams who out who outwardly talks about trans rights it might be worth going and listening to their stream so you can learn more because yeah. they're going to have more experiences and um a, a lived experience mm-hmm. to talk from that i can't say myself um and it's all about bridging those connections not in a sense of like canceling the straight ally like this isn't this isn't a thing of being like right okay you you've done your job now we, we no longer need people watching you goodbye it's, it's an as well as yes it's blowing out someone else's candle does not make yours burn brighter oh, in the same way that you know, like holding a flame up to your already lit candle won't mm-hmm. make it burn brighter you're both still going to shine yeah and it's just a matter of empowering everyone upwards all of the good people all of the people who want to see others grow want to see others shine um and yeah working together with allies that's I think is such the most a beautiful thing. metaphor and i think the one the one i always use is when especially in regards to trans rights when people are just being absolute morons about it is this yeah. whole thing about it's not about replacing people at the table it's about making a bigger table so it's not yes. it's not that people are losing seats. We are making a bigger table so everybody can sit down, you know? <laughs> I think that's a big thing. I think that there's a lot of fear from from people out with the community who who think that it, they're going to be cancelled as a result of mm. allowing more people at the table. Yeah. It's not the case. It's mm. not the case at all. The, the, the whole lgbtqia plus movement is about inclusivity and giving everyone a platform and giving everyone an equal share Mm -hmm. of what what is quite frankly a bountiful world like there's so much opportunity let's let it's not limited is it (laughs) no it's not a restriction on how much you can have absolutely not (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's not a competition like let's just all live together in peace and harmony i'm so radical let's all start a commune <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, but on that point um this is actually something i spoke to my partner about quite a lot the idea of having a bubble that people say like oh you're living in your bubble as mm-hmm. if it's a bad thing i think that there's there's nothing wrong with it's surrounding yourself with good people that want to see you succeed yeah and I think that it 
coming back to the point we made earlier on around like being cancelled and everything like that, I think that opening your bubble to everyone in the first in, in the first instance, not having a discriminatory bubble, right? This is an area for good people. Come on in, come and join us. Mm-hmm. Come and come and join this cuddle puddle, this party. If you don't want to cuddle, that's fine. Consent's important here. Um, We're but, very consent positive over here. I can tell exactly, you exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but the second that someone then um transgresses against those rules that that openness that that inclusivity and then starts um bringing others down or um making others feel bad for existing that's when you can start turning around and be like okay well Mm -hmm. we gave you the opportunity we we really wanted you to be here um but for the for the for the protection of my mental health and everyone else's mental health here we're now going to exclude you from the bubble Mm -hmm. if you then grow and if you then like you know, develop yourself as a human, we may choose to to bring you back into the bubble at a later date. But also, I think it's important to remember that. And mm, yeah, okay, I'm 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 going to go into this. Um, trigger warning, content warning, okay. domestic abuse. Okay. Um, I think it's important to remember that as abusers, you are never entitled to that human's time ever again no matter how much growth you show no matter how much work you've done to yourself you are never entitled back into someone's life and i think the same goes for this this bubble that we're talking about here if you have if you've hurt someone in a space and your your choices your actions your words have caused someone distress and you've been excluded from that space it's up to that individual and that or that collective of people to mm. then invite you back in. It's not your space to walk back in and say, okay, I've changed, I've grown, I've learned, I, I'm I'm obviously welcome back here, because you might not be. Yeah. And that's unfortunately consequences of of the choices and actions of where you are now. There are there are people that I can never speak to again in life mm-hmm. as a result Same. of being an insecure person as as a younger version of me and that's something i'm i've i've got to accept um, and all that we can do is push forward as a better version of ourselves with an aim of pushing out more positivity in the future and being more aware of ourselves in the future i've got to say thank you for saying that um because from my perspective my ex-husband was abusive and again going through counseling so much of my time was spent going why can't I be a better person and forgive it and forgive everything that happened and there is an aspect of me that blames myself for not being able to forgive it and it's like I think you sort of come to terms with going look that person is a monster even if they're an incredible person now I don't even know that they are like I don't see them so Mm -hmm. maybe they've become this incredibly quote-unquote woke brilliant human and there's an aspect of me that will never forgive him. And I feel like that's, that's kind of my prerogative to never forgive him. Like, I never want that person back in my life. And I feel like it's okay to be all right with that. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. I think that it's, it's if you are going to forgive him, I think you should forgive him for yourself. Yeah. Um, so that you can put that whole situation to bed and be like, okay, that was a time of my life that um, it, it was what it was and it's over now mm-hmm. and it's, it's done you don't owe him anything and this this goes for everyone here who's been in that, who's been in a similar situation to that 
don't beat yourself up for the way that you feel mm. based on how someone has treated you in the past because that's on them and not you and it's not your responsibility to do any cleanup as a result of the situation that you found yourself in <laughs> it's it's so true and it's like i think in terms of the forgiving for myself aspect that bit's done because it's like look that's what's happened i'm okay with how i dealt with it and all that kind of stuff um but I think, especially before the counselling aspect, there is an aspect of my brain that was just going, look, if you forgave him, then, you know, you'd be a better person and all of this kind of stuff. And you're just like, do you know what? Fucking. Sounds like conditioning to me. It this does, idea it of, does sound the, like conditioning. The, <laughs> the idea that the victim has to be the better person. Yeah. Excuse me, what? <laughs> <laughs> this, the, the tolerance paradox. It's the tolerance okay. paradox. The idea that um, if you... Okay, so hold on. Let me word this right. If there's there's people who will turn around and say that the the left is the the, the tolerant left is, mm. is something that's that's referenced quite a lot. Yes, it um, is. And or and the the thing is that it's a paradox because if you allow intolerance, if you are tolerant of intolerance, then that intolerance will completely encompass everything and mm. will 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 run riot essentially but again it's a hard thing to word because it is a paradox there, there are so many documents out there if, if you if you if you're interested in this sort of thing just do a quick google of the tolerance paradox okay. um, but the idea of people having to meet intolerance with tolerance and being tolerant of intolerance it's, it's just it's, it's just not a thing and it shouldn't be a thing <laughs> We shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be a thing of like, okay, well, I'm going to be the better person because I'm the more tolerant person. So I'm going to allow you yes. to walk all over me or mm. abuse me or treat me in a certain way because I'm being tolerant. No, absolutely <laughs> not. We can be tolerant to an extent and then, yeah. then like the gloves are off. Let's go. <laughs> There's a question from Millie about what if that person is a family member? I presume same thing applies, doesn't it? I would say same thing applies. I think that we're, we're, we're all raised in this idea that like because our our let's use parents for example as like direct family mm. because our parents have, have have given birth to us and raised us and done this done that it doesn't excuse them for treating you badly as as i said earlier on i think that it's important that we allow our parents to grow in the same way that we need to grow to, mm -hmm. to understand things but that doesn't mean to say that if your parents refuse to grow and if your parents like dig your heels in and, and they're just like no i'm i'm going to continue to be intolerant and i'm going to continue to make you feel bad for being the person that you are you are always within your right to break off any relationship without guilt yeah because it is your life it's not your parents life they may have they may have given you life but it's that's just it. They've given it to you to do with it what you will. And it's not their place to tell you, um, this is how I expect you to live. This is how I expect you to be. I, I, I want you to, to um, mm, this idea of like parents giving birth to children so that they can look after them in older age or they can, <laughs> what a horrendous, what a horrendous reason to have children, by the way. Yeah. I've actually, I've actually had that in the past. Someone's asked me when I've said like, I don't want kids. Yeah. And I've said like, well, who's going to look after when you're older? And it's like, well, why is that a reason to have a child? <laughs> That feels like a big ask. This is your go-to? <laughs> this is your defense here? Like, next? <laughs> but in all seriousness, Jeez. in all seriousness, please, 
you are an individual and you need to be able to put on your own oxygen mask first. If that plane is going down, it's not your responsibility to put your parents' mask on or to bring your parents up to date. It's their responsibility to recognize that the world has changed, that we've learned more about humanity than we may have done when they were in school. And if they are not willing to adapt even slightly to, I don't know, like get your pronouns correct, or if you've, if you've changed your name to get your name right, mm. it, it's more of a reflection on them than it is of you and if that's making you feel bad please as as much as it's a hard thing to do please don't think i'm downplaying yeah. this this, yeah, yeah. this action by any stretch it's with it's in your best interests in the long run to break off that relationship or at least have a break from that relationship and then reassess it after an after a set period of time i was going to say an agreed <laughs> period of time i don't think it needs to be an agreed period of time it's yeah. up to you how long you need or how long you want to have that break for. Wow, Ray. I knew you were going to be insightful today, and yeah. <laughs> I think you've just knocked me for six a little bit. Oh, thank you. Um, so I want to start wrapping up then, because your time is much more valuable than mine, as we know. <laughs> Absolutely not. Everyone's time is equal. Like that, just, Okay, hold on, hold on. Let's I did that thing that. then, didn't I? I absolutely did you the did thing. That thing. Like, self-deprecating humor is one thing, <laughs> but the the things that you say your brain absorbs whether or not you're joking yes whether you're joking or not your yeah, brain yeah. hears that thing of being like okay this person's time is more valuable than mine and your brain makes a note of that our time is equally valuable you and i are on a level pegging yeah. everyone listening to this we are all humans who stand on a level pegging uh, i don't know bridge I'm, I'm better bridge. at it than i used to be but i 100 percent still do it so i'm fully it's, aware Got it's, it. Got enough. It's, it's all the practice. End. <laughs> it's all practice. And just, just the reason that I wanted to bring it up is because making your conscious becoming aware of the thing that you just did is mm. how we reprogram those subconscious thoughts. I hundred percent agree. How we start agree. to empower ourselves. It's also what my counselor said. <laughs> yes. So, do you want to tell me who your sleigh of the day is, please? Because I am trying to learn about new queer icons. Maybe people I haven't heard about. Maybe people I have. So, who is your sleigh I of think- the day? Okay, I've actually got two. Oh, okay. Oh, go for okay, it. Okay, actually, I've got more than two. But okay, hold if on. If you've got the ten, it's fine. Go for it. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll I'll state my famous one first. Okay. My 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 LGBTQI plus icon is David Bowie. Okay. What Fair. And I got like so he back in like the back in like the seventies and the eighties when he was getting interviewed by MTV was was saying to the interviewer like, why is your entire playlist during during daylight hours why is it all white artists why oh, do we wow. not see any artists of color on on your show and this interviewer was so uncomfortable immediately <laughs> and tried to genuinely refute this point of being like we play what our listeners want us want us to play or what yeah. we think our listeners want us to play and david bowie's just like are you for real like <laughs> uh, how diverse do you think your listeners are like, it's all white people. Honestly, <laughs> such a good interview. Um, and if you haven't seen it, I strongly just look it up. David Bowie interview Great. MTV. I think it's the late seventies. Okay. I want to say. Um, so he's I, what uh, the, my introduction. To David Bowie was in Labyrinth. Um, yeah. Playing Jarvis <laughs> the Goblin King, and I think that was probably one one of my earliest thoughts of being like, oh, so. He clearly has a penis because there's a bulge in those very mm. tight leggings. 
but I'm also not. I'm feeling a thing that I haven't necessarily felt about a penis owner before. I've been told oh. it's bad to feel about penis owners. What does this mean? What okay. does this mean? Um, and I, I just think he's an icon. Nuka the... says the interview was 1983. So if people want to Google Thank it. Thank you. Thank you very much for clarifying that. I hugely appreciate it. <laughs> um, the non-famous, and I say non-famous, they are a content creator. Um, there is a streamer who goes by babbling goat. He is a trans man who talks so much about LGBTQIA rights. Um, he's, he's, he does lectures in universities. Um, he's taken those lectures from the universities to um, YouTube and Twitch. And he's just an absolute icon. He's, he's young, he's only 23, but he's so, and this is what I mean about like Gen Z. They're just so forward thinking and open-minded and i learned so much from speaking to babbling goat um i've actually uh nominated him for for a little award there was, there was i can't oh. remember the exact award ceremony but i i saw it pop up on on twitter and then they're looking for lgbtqia icons who might not be discovered yet in in in, in the community type thing and I've, mm. I've nominated him for this award because i just think the stuff he does is incredible um is and he he's quite actually young? the person yeah 23 years old wow okay um, I mean it. They're they're the going to save us all, aren't they? <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. I can't wait until Gen Z are in are in positions of power. Yeah, are like in, in Parliament, in in the Senate, whatever whatever it is that your country is is <laughs> political minded. I can't wait for more Gen Z in those in those positions. Um, but he's actually the person who introduced me to Rage Club, which is one of my stream teams. Um, he he connected me with Rage Club, and it's a very LGBTQIA plus inclusive. And I think we're probably predominant in in the team, um, <laughs> and so that they're also my sleighs, Rage Club and Stream Queens, my my two my two stream teams. I am one hundred percent looking them up the second that we finish this. <laughs> yeah. So where can people find you on the internet or beyond? So I am on Twitch four days a week, Tuesdays. We play a variety game. Last night, we're, we're in the middle of um, Life is Strange 2 at the minute. Oh, Fridays, nice. we play Final Fantasy 7. Saturdays, Final Fantasy 14. And Sundays is mental health and mindfulness oriented life chats. Um, I'm also on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all the socials. I, I'm, I'm a model as well as a streamer. Um, so if you're, if you're interested in like modeling content, both alternative boy self and my drag self, Wow. Um, I'm, I'm all over the place. Just search for Rebel and you'll find me. And you'll find, and it all, all the details will be in the podcasty stuff anyway. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to promote before we end? Anything coming up? Anything exciting? Oh no. Why didn't I prepare this before? <laughs> um, what's going on in my life? What's going on in my life? No is an acceptable answer. I'm just letting, I'm giving you the opportunity. <laughs> I'm, I'm just concerned that there might be someone listening who's who's sitting there like, yes, this is the opportunity. Yes, the we're writing a book together. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Actually, as it happens, that has been discussed. Okay. All right. It has been discussed. Very, very, very early stages. Um, the if if I want if I want it to sound really impressive, I can say that sound a really published impressive. author, a published author, has approached me with an idea of wanting to write a book about mental health, mindfulness, and mind management, and make it a bit of a biography about my life growing up as well. It's slightly less impressive when that published author is my mum. Okay. But it's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. That sounds like it's more likely to happen. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. It, it, it's so great. You know what? Like my mom, I I have so much admiration for my mom. So I'm I'm going to be speaking to a specialist in the next few weeks about potentially being bipolar. Um, my mom is diagnosed bipolar, and that's what's kind of like set me off down this path. My my moods are all over the place and have been only getting not worse through lockdown but harder to manage i would have said and it's it's kind of like spurred me on to start looking into that my mom is huge inspirational because she she has has been known and diagnosed to have bipolar for most of her life and has lived through a time in which mental health was hugely stigmatized Mm -hmm. um and she got she got a book published it's called in fortune's footsteps it's a it's a romantic novel I don't read no romantic novels, so I haven't read it. I know, <laughs> terrible of me. Um, but the only books I read are like mind management books. Um, anyway, get, I get the audio book if you find. Yeah, that's an idea. <laughs> she's just such an inspiration that she's overcome um, all of that controversy and got herself published as someone who has had to face bipolar stigmatization through her life and the challenges that come alongside that. So huge shout out to my mum. Hey, huge shout out to my mum like because that's incredible. Yeah. You have to do like a manual one, <laughs> like a verbal <laughs> shout out. <laughs> if, if, you, if you're interested in the book, it's her, her name is Lisa McSweeney and the book is called In Fortune's Footsteps. I think it's, it's quite cheap now. She, she was published a few years ago, so you can probably pick up on Amazon quite cheap now. <laughs> Dee Dee has done shout out Ree's mum. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Didi. Thank you. <laughs> she tried. Amazing. Okay, so thank you so much for coming today because it was so insightful and like I learned a load of stuff anyway and I've got my own homework to do. So I'm going to get on Stream Queens. I'm going to get on Dragula. Yeah. <laughs> and the Tolerance Paradox, which I also think will be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's been hugely insightful for me. And as I say, I don't think it's, there's ever a ceiling when we're no, learning these things there's I always agree. more things to learn can, al- can always grow can always learn stuff and 100%. it's the kind of attitude I'm completely down with you know mm-hmm. so thank you so Go much for it. joining me and I will see you again very very soon my pleasure thank you for, thank thank you, thank you for having me here thank you for coming bye for now, bye for now. so that was the incredible megastar Rebel. Um, she streams really regularly over on twitch.tv slash rebel. Please go check her out. I think she's doing so much good for the LGBT plus community and mental health in general. She's just really, really insightful um, and got me to think about a lot of things. An absolute pleasure to talk to. Hope you enjoyed that one. In the meantime, I'm hanging out over on twitch.tv slash master. I'll see you next week. Bye. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.